Welcome everybody to Damage Radio here, here live on MockRadio.com where music reminds me. You already know me, I'm Marcy alongside Matt, the ultimate Kiss fan, Porter. And Matt, we're back live again and we got singer-songwriter from Warrington, PA. He had the opportunity to open for Brett Young, Miranda Lambert, and more, the one and only Matt Frieden. Matt, welcome to Damage Radio, man. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me, Cam. Thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it, guys. So what do you think of the, of the theme song there? I mean, you like that? Man, that was awesome. I'm thinking we have, might have to cover that at our next festival. Let's do it. Get Let's that over it. to me. I'll have the band learn Whee! it. Love it, man. So uh, first off, thanks so much for coming. And uh, can you tell the Damage fans a little bit about yourself? Yeah. No, thank you again for having me, guys. This is really cool. Um, obviously grew up in this area. So, um, you know, we have a lot of ties to uh, to Monco and, um, you know, our, our sound engineer. And as I was telling you guys, Mike Lightkep, give him a quick shout out. Who's the best in the biz? Um, obviously works here, too. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I have grew up in this area, um, started out, you know, playing sports in high school, going to Council Rock and then uh, blew my knee out playing. I had a uh, scholarship to play at Bloomsburg University, um, played there for about three and a half years. And um, one play just shredded my knee, tore my PCL, MCL and meniscus all in one play, unfortunately. And then, um, you know, from there, still tried to get back at it, tried to rehab over about 18 months and just never was the same. Um, So during that time, I'd always, you know, had a guitar in my hand. I was actually a drummer growing up. Um, so I'd always been around music, playing in bands. And, uh, you know, really during that time, I, I turned to music almost as therapy to get kind of get me through that. Um, and, you know, realized kind of going through that process that, you know, that was a really big part of who I was becoming at the time. Um, you know, young, 22, 23 years old, had a, you know, a band with friends of ours in, in high school and, uh, and in college growing up. And, uh, you know, saw some success. We we had a band called Bayshore Drive back in the day, uh, you know, which was a we were playing like pop punk covers and, you know, and rock and doing cover, you know, cover bands and uh, doing the bar thing at the beach and had a good run. And all the while, like I was falling in love with country music. Uh, my wife, my now wife, uh, introduced me to it, you know, about 20 years ago to, uh, you know, Chris Cagle and, uh, you know, Travis Tritt and Kenny Chesney and uh, Tim McGraw, the stories that these guys told and the, the way they, they delivered it with such honesty. And, um, you know, as I was growing up playing and writing songs, I always gravitated towards those guys just because it was so honest and so, you know, and a lot of times like painfully honest and it just struck a chord. Uh, so I started diving more into the catalog and started writing about 10, 12 years ago in that vein. Um, all the way through what we're doing right now. So I know. Well, yeah. Matt, we got our first caller, Damage Radio. Who's on the line? Right. This is Arthur the Bullet. Bullet, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling in. Not much. I'm I'm just calling you from Philly. Awesome, man. You got a question for Matt? Yeah, and Matt, uh, I got a question. How to start doing with the country music stuff anyway? Yeah. Hey, man. How's it going? Um, I, uh, I started out really as a fan of country music and always as a songwriter. Um, but you Really? Know, yeah, man. I, you know, I think after seeing my first country show uh, was the Brothers of the Sun tour with Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw. It must have been, oh my gosh, 15 years ago. And uh, I just, something caught me. You're outside. It's the summertime. They're singing these big anthem hooks, having the time of their life. And uh, after that, I was... I kind of never looked back. So, wow, that's uh, that's really interesting. Uh, Fifteen years ago, a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's 
I know I'm dating myself by saying that and I feel like an old man, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been a, a half of my life has been a, a love affair with, with that genre of music, man, for sure. Awesome. Bullet. Thank you so much for calling in, man. Great to hear your voice as always. And, uh, remember, keep it damaged, brother. No problem, man. Catch you later. Alrighty. Now let's go back a little bit, you know, as you know, in high school, you know, sports start life when we're trying to get this. Of course. Yeah. Man. You know, yeah, that happens, man. Like, your, your world all like pretty much falls apart because mm-hmm. you st- don't go to parties. You stick with the sports on it. Talk about that and how that really felt. Yeah, that's a good question, man. So I, I remember a, the the thing that I loved most about playing sports was probably a pretty obvious thing. You know, it's the camaraderie with all the all the guys in the locker room and those relationships that you develop and people from all different backgrounds. Just you know, you strip all of that away, and at our core, we were trying to you know win football games, but. You know, past that, you, you look at all these guys that, you know, they were in my wedding, I was in theirs, where our kids are friends, you know, some 20 years later. And that's that's that foundation that I, that I miss the most. So you almost feel like when you're injured or not able to play that you're not able to contribute and do your part and you're letting other people down. And I was a quarterback, so especially for me, you know, I, I kind of prided myself on, you know, uh, putting in all the extra work that I had to, to make sure that everyone around me was set up to succeed. And when I wasn't able to play and do that, I felt like I was letting other people down around me. Um, and for me, that was a really hard thing to kind of, to go through. Um, and why music became such a big part of my life because, you know, you still see, you're still living with the same guys. You're still going to, you know, the same parties and seeing people in class and around campus. But, um, and were you a senior when that happened? Uh, I redshirted my freshman year, so I was a junior, a redshirt junior, um, when that happened. But it was, you know, going into that following season, I was coming in as as the starter again, and uh, you know, I just wasn't, just didn't have it. <laughs> Do you remember that play significantly? What happened? Oh yeah, I I have every actually, um, you know, the Eagles just had everyone come back to training camp today. I have in throughout the month of August, and you can ask my wife this. Um, at least once a week for about a month in August, once football comes back, I have a recurring dream that uh, I'm I'm stuck. Like everyone's either on the field warming up, you know, we're like celebrating, just getting ready for a game. And for some reason, all of my pads are locked in a locker somewhere and I haven't, I can't get access to them. So I'm like the only guy on the sideline without any pads on, can't find my helmet, and the game continues. And this happens it, it's every year during when football comes back. So, so is it harder to watch it now on TV for a while than the beginning there? Um, no, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think so. I just I love the game so much. I, I miss it, obviously, when I'm watching it. But just I'm able to kind of take a, a breath now that I'm older and just kind of watch it for what it is rather than try to, like, dissect you know, where the safety's going and who's blitzing on that play and, you know, why they should audible to the hot route and the X receiver and all these things. But now know. trying to learn the playbook as a football player, talk about that. How, how crazy is that? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's a crazy process, man. And people, um, you know, definitely take for granted what you see on TV and how brilliant these guys are. You know, you look at Aaron Rodgers or, you know, obviously Tom Brady, but, you know, Russell Wilson and all these guys, just the depth of that you have to know not only what your guys are doing, but almost know for sure what the defense is doing too to get your offense in a you know the proper play. Um, but it's there's so many variables to it, and uh, it can be very complex. But yeah, definitely. Damage Rady, who's on the line? Hi. 
Oh, my kids, Dylan Ethan, number one fans. Thanks for calling in, guys. Yeah. You're welcome. How are you guys doing today? Good? Good. Awesome. Well, Daddy, I'll see you in a little bit. All right, thanks for, thanks for listening. Okay. We love you. We love you. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Oh Talk to you guys soon. Can't oh beat God. that. I, I gotta. I always gotta get them a happy meal every time I do that. You know. So I gotta always God. make sure they're happy. That's awesome. And what are your kids' names? Uh, Dylan and Ethan. Oh, very yep. cool. Seven and a half and five. I have a daughter named Dylan. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And it oh changes. Gosh. It changes everything once you have kids. Like I mean, like you look at the world all differently. You know. A hundred percent. Yeah, I remember. Uh, you know, pretty vividly, you know, obviously like you or any parent out there, um, my oldest daughter, Harper, when she was, uh, when she was born, it, it's almost like your life really starts kind of at that moment. Right. You know, you, yeah. you don't really remember your life before you had kids or right. it's, it's very delineated where it's, you know, like a before and after effect for sure. Right. Yeah. My wife didn't tell me why we named him Dylan until afterwards. Cause she knew I wouldn't agree to it, but for 90210, oh my gosh, Dylan, yeah, she would have told me that beforehand. I'd be like, ah. <laughs> Try again, <laughs> but yeah, oh, but that's funny. I know I'm dying to hear. Um, can you play some live music for us before we get into more questions? Yeah, sure, man. Um, more than happy to. So, uh, you know, I, I do. Uh, you know, I set up as a as an acoustic player performer. Um, do a lot of originals or covers. So I'll, I'll let you guys dealer's choice. What do you What do you want to hear first? Yeah, I'm gonna call it. Put on you. You got to go original. We want something original. All right, we can certainly do that. Um, so I'll do a song first. Um, this was actually. I wrote this maybe about 18 months ago, uh, kind of during COVID, where all you wanted to do was just get out of the house and just go somewhere, man. Mm -hmm. You know, like not overthink it, not like plan a big vacation, like just literally get in your truck or your car and just go and just till till whenever, you know, with no rules, no guidelines, no map, nothing on, just go. Um, so this song is called Read My Mind. And uh, yeah, that's what it's about. So here we go. If you want to pack a suitcase full of this and that A backpack full of snacks We can put the radio on and coffee black Yeah, girl, if you're thinking about that If you want to take the turnpike south to exit all The furthest down south it goes I'll be the DJ rocking the freeway You can be front row and barefoot toes Get high on each other like tequila on summer Keep your eyes on mine and slide under the covers Catch some Sunday vibes if you're thinking that's right Then girl, you read my mind Think about a ride out of town Roll the windows down Grab a blanket and watch the sun go down If you're thinking what I'm thinking's just right Then girl, you read my mind Yeah, 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 yeah Girl, you read my mind If you want to take the turnpike south to exit O The furthest down south it goes I'll be the DJ rocking the freeway You can be front row and barefoot toes If you want to get a Ray-Ban tan or hide your eyes A little sunburnt bikini line I'm gonna have a hard time keeping my eyes on the road <laughs> But I think you know I'm thinking we can get high on each other Like tequila and some Keep your eyes on mine And slide under the covers Catch some Sunday vibes If you're thinking that's right 
Girl, you read my mind Think about a ride out of town Roll the windows down Grab a blanket and watch the sun go down If you're thinking what I'm thinking's just right Girl, you read my mind hey, hey, hey. Girl, you read my mind Think if we can get high on each other Like tequila and some Keep your eyes on mine And slide under the covers Catch some Sunday vibes If you're thinking that's right Girl, you read my mind Think about a ride out of town Roll the windows down Grab a blanket and watch the sun go down If you're thinking what I'm thinking's just right And girl, you read my mind Hey, 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 yeah Girl, you read my mind Woo! Nice, man. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Matt, I don't know about you, but... DJ Rockin' the Freeway. That's I a love great it. line. I love it. <laughs> and anyone can relate, relate to that song, because I remember, you know, during that COVID, and you need me to go to Home Depot, Giant, I'll go wherever you need me to go. Just get me out of this house. I'm not going to fight no more. Just... You know what? That's actually a good point. The, the start of COVID, obviously, as a musician, it shut everybody's lives yeah. down. And how did that affect you and how did you deal with it? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I, I think like a lot of people that just worked in either, you know, the entertainment industry or restaurants, bars, whatever, um, it was really tough. You know, you, your passion, your voice, your creative outlet, all of that was shut down. You know, and I think, um, you know, I'd, uh, I'm signed to a publisher down in Nashville and, you know, it it just kind of reshifted that whole industry, especially there where everybody was on the shelf. So it became this weird thing where everyone was recording and stockpiling songs because that's all you could do. You were sitting at home with a guitar in your hand. So I think now it's kind of funny, like you've had just this crazy resurgence of new music from just about everybody. And I think a lot of it has to do with there were so many songs being written right. during that time that they got recorded, they got you know sent to radio. <laughs> Um, so the the industry of country music right now is is more competitive than it's ever been. You know, Nashville as a as an industry, we just uh, we just saw a schematic the other day of what the town is physically going to look like over the next five years, and everyone that lives there calls the state. They joke and say the state bird is the crane, you know, because every time you go there, there's a whole new skyscraper being built. But uh, you know, I think at first it was very confusing. It was just a weird time where you, you didn't no one knew what to expect you know we didn't know what was going on um, you know what last week we had kendall conrad also a musician sang some songs where she talked about doing like live streams and and things like that and connecting yeah. did you did you jump into any of that yeah we did a lot um you know especially co-writing you know not only the live shows and doing stuff over instagram we were talking about this yep. trying to figure out how to get good audio on your phone and <laughs> We certainly saw way more bad than good. Or keeping the <laughs> Wi-Fi, you know. Oh, my right. gosh. Yeah. Well, you guys are, you know, you're pros. You've been doing this for 10 years plus. So you obviously had a leg up on most people like me that were. Well, like, we lost the studio, yeah. too. We weren't allowed in here when the when the college was remote. You know, obviously, we're broadcasting here from beautiful Montgomery County Community College. We had to figure it out, too. So everybody started doing home recording. And, and Monica Radio went to pretty much all remote. 
yeah. and people were sending their shows, you know, and it, it's a totally different dynamic. Yeah. So we lost that same, uh, we lost this nice studio. For, uh, <laughs> wow. Shout out to Matt right. for still being here because he was getting all the shows, having to put them, put them up. So luckily, I could do it from home. Yeah. Like I was able to to log into this computer from home, and I could mm-hmm. upload the shows and schedule it. You know, and uh, but yeah, it wasn't easy. Give <laughs> <laughs> no. no. that man a drink right now, please. Woo! <laughs> No, very confusing time. I'm just glad that, uh, you know, knock on wood, hopefully most of it's behind us. Mm. But uh, I'll tell you what, though, you know, I wouldn't, uh, if I'm being honest, I probably wouldn't have had the amount of time to pursue this and spend as much time writing and, you know, hadn't all of this not happened. So And catching up with your family time. Uh, Yeah, exactly, man. We, like most people did, we got very close as a family unit. So (laughs) now talk about Nashville, like anywhere you go, you see musical artists there. Like I know we were talking about the McDonald's, right, Matt? Like, you know, that was the one thing that struck me. I went a couple of years ago and in the McDonald's, there was a stage and you're like, okay, I'll have some McPancakes (laughs) and a cover of, uh, you know, wagon wheel. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's, uh, it's. It's hard to describe if you've never been there um, just as a tourist and as a fan and just going. You know, it's an amazing place just to go consume music of any genre, you know. Um, but also just as a, a fan of country music specifically, it's it's magic. You know, it's like going to the Vatican or something. But um, as an artist, it's it just brings a whole different perspective because, you know, a lot of times you're there to work. You're there to perform. You're there to network. So it's like, yeah, you're you're there to consume and have fun. But when we go down there, a lot of times it's like we're there for 24, 36 hours. We have two or three shows lined up and then we're on a plane back home. You know, like there's meetings and co-writes. And so for me, when I go, it's like I need to rest for like a couple of days prior and get my social battery full so that I can go drain it when we go down there. But get your chicken, um, though, right? Oh, we have to get yeah, it. I got to get it. Yeah. Yeah. We um. We stumbled upon a, a place called uh, Martin's Barbecue when we were down there last time. And if you're a barbecue person, like I, I certainly am, they gave us a tour of you know the pits that they use, and they go whole hog. So um, whole hog, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> literally, literally, and figuratively. Yes. Damaged. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, if you've never been, it's an amazing place. It's it's exploding, not only with talent. Every time you go down there, you're just inspired by people that you meet or, to your point, going to a McDonald's and you'll hear, hear the best right, <laughs> live yeah. music you'll ever hear in your life. The uh, The first time I ever played uh, was kind of, to your point again, was at a place called the Commodore Grill that's at the bottom of a Holiday Inn. So you're in a hotel, you know, kind of off the beaten path. You're not on Broadway. It's not a big stage, but... It's one of those places, like a proving ground. So if you're in town or you're new there, you sort of pass through there to get your, you know, your badge to get to the next level, like you're playing Zelda or something. But, um, but yeah, another question I had for you: like rock and wrestling go hand in hand, and um, like you have a professional wrestler trying to make the WWE, you have millions of them trying to make their and trying to stand out. How do you stand out as an artist, knowing that there's so many country music stars out there that want to make it to that next level? Yeah. Um, it's a great question, man. I the not that I'm giving advice, but I, I think what's worked for for me and our band is just being authentic. Um, you know, not trying to follow trends or you know do too much of what's out there because um, that's a that's a wheel you can get caught on real quick and and spit right out. You know, if you're going with the intent of trying to sound like the next 
you know, Brett Young or the next Dylan Scott or something. Um, I, I'm just, I think, too old and I've been doing this too long now where I don't really, right. I don't care to kind of fit into anything. I love the genre of music. I love telling stories. I love, you know, big anthem pop hooks because I grew up listening to Taking Back Sunday and, you know, pop punk. I just went to see them last week. Did you really? With uh, Third Eye Blind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, The Demand. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all thrice the month before. So, yeah, yeah so we yeah. grew up, you know, from the yeah. same ilk and, you know, so it's like ingrained in me musically that anthems, big hooks, and the story has to be there too. That's a lot of times, um, and it's not certainly a knock on anything that we listened to growing up, but I always felt like if you could marry and kind of merge those things together, where like if you listen to a Chris Stapleton song, he's going to crush you. His vocal's going to crush you. The story's going to crush you. And a lot of times musically, it's very traditional country. It's, you know, he's got a jazz master running through a, you know, a Fender Tweed amp and it's those kind of tones. But, you know, having grown up, listened to these big anthem you know, Blink 182s, Taking Back Sundays, Something Corporates. Yeah. Um, I just, I try to draw elements of, of those things and merge good stories with that's big amazing. anthems. And yeah. that's like kind of our, our blend. And Dustin you know? Kentry from Thrice, uh, his voice is 41 now. His voice is still going strong he, man there's so many good bands from that era that you know i keep the playlists on spotify and every yeah. once in a while i'm driving i'm like god i just need some emo right now <laughs> and that's the thing, thing great about manka radio we have so many uh djs out there that do all different types of music and all different types of talk shows and right here manka radio you can get anything you want on here it's that's, that's great that's right awesome. absolutely <laughs> great question that, or great answer man <laughs> now uh you talked about a little bit about inspiring um what inspired you to pursue country music um i've been i've been writing these i've been writing songs in this style for about 10 or 11 years uh it's funny i was looking back through old emails the other day just to see to prove kind of how long far back this was going and i saw a couple from like 2009 um and they were terrible songs you know they were <laughs> just boring and you know didn't do much but um i can date it back to about 2009 that i've been you know, writing in this style and not sort of the box that country is, but there sort of is a formula for, you know, like intro, verse, chorus, first chorus, bridge, and, you know, and the turnaround, you're out. Um, but I, I really think what, what changed my whole perspective on things is I think about nine, not eight or nine years ago, um, I was leafing through YouTube and just kind of watching stuff. And uh, I came across this guy named Chris Stapleton. And it was because he had written one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's a Kenny Chesney song that he cut called Never Wanted Nothing More. And, you know, it's just this coming of age thing, young guy driving around in his, you know, his truck and kind of growing up, living a fast life when he was in high school and then just graduating. And then, you know, eventually becomes a father. And, you know, it's just this beautifully written song. So I was looking up to try to see who wrote the song. And it's this guy, you know, four years before he got famous named Chris Stapleton that performed it in like an Italian restaurant in Nashville somewhere. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm getting chills talking about it. Um, like watching that video, seeing his delivery. And I, I didn't know that you could be a career songwriter at that point that like turned the light on for me. And I'm like, Oh my God, he, he did it. He figured it out. He cracked the code. This guy's playing, he's writing for other people. He has access to the artists. He's being creative it just so happens that he's also got one of the best voices you know, in the history of the world. But um, I think at that point, that really shifted my perspective of um, 
yes, I can perform as an artist, I can have a band, but there's also this engine in an industry as a songwriter that you can write things for other people's voices. And after I kind of realized that, that just opened up a whole new world for me of, um, you know, I don't have to write just for myself. I can envision a story and then somebody else telling that story and try to connect those dots and, and write for others. I was going to say, when did you start playing guitar and what was your first guitar? Oh, my gosh. Um, I was a drummer primarily for uh, 10 years. I was a drummer in our old band, um, and it was kind of a weird dynamic. I fronted the band from the drums and <laughs> okay. split time with uh, sure. another nice. guitar player. The first guitar I got was, I still have it to this day. I was 12 years old. My mom got it for me, I believe, for my birthday. And it was just an Epiphone uh, acoustic electric with a little cutaway. But... Um, yeah, that thing. Oh, my God. You know, obviously, listeners who enjoyed the song that you played, they could, if they could see it, it's a beautiful Gibson you're holding today. <laughs> Describe that. Great yeah. sounding guitar, that's for sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, so this particular one is a, um, it's a 1970 Gibson J200. So all that means to all the nerds out there like me is that um, <laughs> it's got an all maple uh, back and side with, you know, maple binding. And the top is Sika Spruce. Um, it's the model, if you envision what Elvis used to play. Right. It's just a... A thicker body, I think, yeah. than a lot. You know, like, really, when you look at it. It's a tank, man. Yeah, um, that's a big guitar. I really don't take it out and play it live a whole lot. Uh, it's really... It's a showpiece, you know, so I try to reserve it for cool stuff like this. Um, well, it's got a great low end to it. That's, I think, what's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you can hear it. Hmm. I oh, just changed nice. the strings too. That makes a big difference. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> all for damage radio. Right? Thank all you. For damage radio. Appreciate it. Right. Now you mentioned Chris Stapleton a lot. I'm going to throw one at you. Can you mm -hmm. do a cover song of him? I just, I certainly can. Um, what do you guys? There's like slow depressing, medium depressing, and kind of upbeat depressing for Chris Stapleton. What do you guys? I like upbeat depressing. Right. <laughs> yeah, same. And guys, we're live here on Damage Radio, MonkerRadio.com, or Music of Minds. Me, Matt Friedman in the house. Matt, the Oldman Kiss fan, Porter. We're about to hear some live music. All right. Um, this is a song we play a lot when we do live stuff, um, both acoustically and, and even full band sometimes. Uh, it's one of his newer songs out that he's got. It's called uh, You Should Probably Leave. So here we go. I know it ain't all that late, but you should probably leave. I recognize that look in your eyes, so you should probably leave. Cause I know you and you know me. We both know where this is gonna leave. You want me to stay, that I want you to stay, but you should probably leave. Yeah, you should probably leave. There's still time for you to finish your wine, then you should probably leave. And it's hard to resist, alright, just one kiss, then you should probably leave. Cause I know you, and you know me. We both know where this is gonna lead. Want me to say that I want you to stay, but you should probably leave. 
Yeah, you should probably leave Son on your skin 6 a.m. And I've been watching you sleep Honey, I'm so afraid Gonna wake up and say that you should probably leave. Cause I know you and you know me. We both know where this is gonna lead. You want me to say that I want you to stay, but you should probably leave. Yeah, you should probably leave. Should probably leave. Yeah, you should probably leave. Yeah. Dynamite live on MonkaRadio.com. Our music reminds me we got Matt Friedman in the house. Matt, I, I love I love Chris, man. He's an awesome singer. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Now, um, talk about your creative process and and what goes into that. Oh man, it could come from anywhere. I mean, you you're both creative guys. You never know. We try to. <laughs> You never know what, what's going to hit you, man. So um, a lot of times, if I'm being honest, when I sit down, if I have the, the goal of being creative, it's just, it doesn't happen. So I just kind of, uh, you know, I try to just be like sensory aware of uh, what's going on. I think as songwriters and creative people, we just are naturally anyway. You know, you're always looking for a connection with somebody else and try to build a relationship. But, um, you know, I think we just have like a heightened uh, you know, sensory thing that, you know, it could be a lyric or it could be someone in the distance saying something that you overhear a conversation. It could be a, you know, a picture or something you see on TV. I, I just kind of try to let it come. Um, but over time I, I've been way more in tune with how I'm feeling in certain moments to try to draw a parallel with other people. So if we're taking a road trip somewhere and, you know, the windows are down and, you know, my wife's feet are up on the dash and she's asleep with her head cocked all the way back. And, you know, the radio's playing. Like, I'm I'm trying to pull from all of those different sensory elements to paint a good picture, to bring someone into that world, you know, at that moment of what we're trying to, to sing about. For anybody listening, we want to give a shout out to our Mako summer camp, which you can hear a lot of kids running <laughs> yeah. around and screaming because they are. It's just about dismissal time if you're listening live here on Mako Radio. The atrium outside is packed and... Uh, Shout out to all of them uh, having the most fun time here at Montgomery County Community College. Now back to you. <laughs> well, they're all lining up for autographs after hearing Matt Friedman play live on Damage Radio. You know, he can't be dead. That's it, man. I'm and he's just... used to it. He has kids. You know, he's probably used to, you know, trying to record a song. And guys, quiet. I'm almost at the Anybody listening is all of a sudden wondering why it sounds like, you know, a gymnasium in the right. background. Yep. That's what my record sounds like, man, if, if I'm being honest. I have the noise high-pass filters on and, you know. Definitely. These are all just pieces of equipment you have to do to drown out the kid noise. So. Definitely. Now, from a business uh, standpoint, uh, I know for a professional wrestler, you got to get your 8x10 promos. you got to make sure your theme music's correct. you got to make sure you know you got the look. For you as a musician, uh, how do you go about the, the business side of it? Um, man, you're asking some good questions, brother. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. No, it, you know, again, I think it for me, um, you know, I'd, I, I love taking – using what we have as a vehicle to help not only promote ourselves and our music, but almost using this as a platform for 
anything that we can kind of tap into, right? Like this is a frequency that we're, that we're kind of putting out. And I look at a relationship and I'll call these guys out too, the Warwick farm brewing guys, you know, that we're doing a festival at, you know, it's, I think if nothing else, it's helped me sort of build a community of like-minded people that we can pull in and kind of use this as an engine to help everybody grow. I, I love this quote. I don't know who said it, but it's rising tides raise all ships. And, uh, I, I truly like, I try to bring that to everything that we do, whether it's, you know, a guy like Mike Lightcap, who we met one time and, you know, did sound at our show at New Hope Winery. And, you know, for me, it's just a platform to bring really good people into our family so that everybody can, you know, can benefit, you know, within our band, we have a nine piece band. I was telling Cam, and I think four of those nine people are also solo artists, you know, in their own right, three of whom are playing session and other bands playing other instruments. So, you know, this, if this platform gets bigger, it's really a sum of all of the parts that, you know, Ray Raddick, who's a vocalist on our, in our band, is a phenomenal talent. I mean, like world-class vocalist and songwriter herself, you know. So every time that Ray's on stage with us, you know, it just makes the entire group better, um, you know, and it's, it's just an inspiring thing. So in terms of sort of how do we leverage that to promote and market, um, you know, I like doing things big. I just, it's just in my DNA. Maybe it's the anthem, big hooks, growing up listening to Taking right. Back Sunday. It's just kind of in my DNA to. Cute without the E. I love oh that song. Oh my God, man. Oh. That gets me hype every time. Every single time. That whole album, man. The first couple, four or five songs in that album. I'm still um, old, so I got CDs in my car. So, oh, dude, yeah, really? I don't do Spotify. I do Spotify when I can, but yeah, I still got the CDs, putting them in there. It sounds so Sticks much and better. Stones, Newfound Glory. You got all that, you know. So. <laughs> um, no, I love it, man. It's you know that that for me brings me a lot of joy is to be um, you know one of the core pieces of that sort of atomic unit where everything else can can sort of float around and to watch those other people and their career flourish and take off and release albums and tour in their own right, you know. Right. That to me is is the most I get the most satisfaction out of that outside of the music itself. Definitely. Take so. us back to your first live show. The jitters. <clears throat> how many people were in the crowd? Uh, what you were feeling? World Cafe Live, two thousand and six. Two thousand. Uh, yeah, two thousand and six. Uh, summer. It was probably right about this week. Uh, however long ago that was, I did a an open mic night. Uh, upstairs at World Cafe Live, scared to death. I was, again, a drummer growing up, so it was the first time I ever had a guitar in my hand and actually performed. Um, and I had one of my best friends, Chris Leonetti, playing with me to make sure I didn't lose it. But I, I, I'm pretty sure we did Cute Without the E as one of the songs. Awesome, man. Um, but, yeah, I can still see who was... Like, we had his parents were kind of front row on one side, almost like if you were looking out in church they had sort of the seats separated that way for whatever reason um i had some family i had you know a couple friends there and that was it there wasn't anyone else really past that in my mind it was huge like it was millions and millions oh my gosh Every, i mean yeah there were thousands of people yeah. there and fireworks going off of course yeah definitely but so uh take man. us back to your first autograph that you signed Ugh. how was that it was not music related it was really uh football related back in in high school, if I'm really reliving the glory days, nice. but yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think exactly where or what that was, but I can assure you it was probably junior year of high school. I know, right? Yeah, 
Now, can we hear another live song here, live on Monka Radio? Sure, man. Um, trying to think of others that uh, to kind of round everything out. I'm big on um, kind of singer-songwriter in general. Obviously, the Chris Stapleton's one guy that I absolutely love, who I think had his moment, but our generation doesn't really understand, is John Mellencamp. Um, I am a huge John Mellencamp fan. We do a lot of his stuff live, and uh, one of my favorite songs that always gets a great reaction from people is Pink Houses. That, you know, you get that big sing-along thing. Um, but uh, if it's cool, I'll, I'll do that one for you. Oops, sorry. With a black cat Living in a black neighborhood He got a interstate Running through his front yard Man, you know he thinks He's got it so good Oh yeah There's a woman In the kitchen Cleaning up his evening style And he looks at her and says Hey doll Remember when you could Stop a clock Oh, but ain't that America You and me Ain't that America Something to see, baby Ain't that America Home of the free Yeah, little pink house Is for you and me Oh, you gotta bring them Home for you and me There's a young man In a t-shirt Let's do a rock and roll station He got a greasy hair and a greasy smile He says, Lord, this must be my destination Oh, yeah Cause he told me when I was younger So, boy, you're gonna be president And just like everything else in his life Good days just kinda came away Oh, yeah Oh, but ain't that America you and me, ain't that America? Something to see, baby, ain't that America? Home of the free, yeah. Little pink houses for you and me. Oh, you gotta bring them home for you and me, yeah. Vacation down at the Gulf of Mexico Oh yeah And there's winners And there's losers It ain't no big deal Cause those pills pay the bills Yeah But those pills pay those bills Yeah Ah but ain't that America You and me Ain't that America Something to see baby Ain't that America Home of the free, yeah, yeah, little pink house is for you and me.
you got a brown home for you and me, yeah. Bring them home for you and me. Thanks, guys. And Matt made a point last week, guys. Remember, we're live here. There's just two mics, a guitar, and a voice. <laughs> this isn't a fancy setup. No. You sound great, though. That's yeah. fantastic. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Definitely. Now, um, question for you. What's mm -hmm. your favorite and least favorite about being a musician? Oh, I could tell you my least favorite first, for sure, and it's carrying all this gear and all this crap around <laughs> with me true, all the time. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I know Matt would say well, the same you know, thing. You went from being a drummer, though. That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a lot worse. Now you got your guitar keys. Correct. Yeah, you said musician. If I was yeah. to zero it in, yeah. um, being a guitar player is much better than being a drummer. I can assure you of that. But uh, Unless back pain, too, right? <clears throat> uh, well, yeah, the knees, the back, yep. you know, being the tin man. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, the worst, uh, the worst for sure is just the travel and all the gear and, uh, you know, being away from family. Like, we're doing, uh, we've done shows this year in, you know, Key West and Nashville and North Carolina and kind of all over. And just being away from family right now. My daughters are, are five, three, and four months old, so it's, it's tough. Um, so that for sure is, uh, you know, one of the, uh, one of the things I, I could do without. Favorite thing? Um, I'm kind of split, man, right between, you know, the actual writing process and being in the studio with, you know, either guys in our band and, and going through that process of, of tracking, writing, recording. That's that's magic. You know, there's nothing that replaces that. And then the obvious one is just performing, you know, is uh, you get that outlet, the connection with people, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be our full nine piece band. It can be, you know, even doing solo stuff and uh you know, just getting to meet people and kind of hear their story and, you know, that sort of thing. You know, do you ever connect with somebody who really connected with one of your songs? I think music more than almost anything, especially as far as I'm concerned, connects with people on such a deep level and they apply it to their own life. And how does it make them feel? Did anybody ever come up and kind of share that with you? Maybe something that you wrote that really changed them? Yeah, um, there's there have been a number of times and a couple specifically um when i when i'm playing and i hate to admit this you know over the radio but it's it's true when i'm playing live especially in an original situation um my goal is i, I want i want to get people to cry you know and i i'm not doing that to make you have a bad day or anything malicious against you personally i want to see that what I'm doing has connected with, or I've gone through something that I was able to put pen to paper and deliver in a way that elicited an, an emotional response from you. Um, now it could be happy tears, you know, if there's songs that I've written and played, um, there's one in particular called free fall that I wrote for my daughter. Um, you know, I like a lot of people, I'd suffer from anxiety and, uh, you know, that was one that when I first had her and she was our only child, I just, I didn't want her to ever live in a world that I know I live in sometimes when I'm going through something. Um, so I wrote a song called Free Fall for her that pretty much if she ever gets those signals, like she's looking out at the mountains in the summertime and they look a little grayer than they should be looking green. If you're, she's in New York and the Broadway lights can't illuminate that street, you know, like free fall into me is kind of the thing. And that's... That explains the tattoo on your Oh, uh, yeah, very, yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that. Nice. Um... 
So yeah, that was a, a single I released back in, uh, I guess, November of last year. Um, you know, that did pretty well. But that's one of those songs that, uh, you know, typically cuts and... Um, but yeah, when, when people come up afterwards, if I'm playing that acoustically and, you know, you can see they're welled up and had had an emotional response to that. You know, I, I try to spend time with everyone that has, you know, walked up after, regardless of what song or what experience, because um, that to me is the only reason I'm able to do what I do is if no one was there to I think it. especially considering the last couple of years everybody has had those lyrics that you just set out, I'm sure are part of the song. I think relate to so much. I mean, everybody's thinking, man, how am I going to get out of this pit? And I got to say, man, I think we need to hear that song for sure. <laughs> if you feel like busting that out. Yeah. Um, shoot, I don't have a capo and I need to on that. Let me, uh, I'll give you another example. See, that's then. the difference between a guitar player and Superman. Superman always has his capo. Yep. <laughs> I will give you another one with a very similar scenario, though. Um, so being a new father, and, you know, you can relate to this, not new anymore necessarily, but your youngest is under a year, right? Uh, I got five five-year-old and a seven-and-a-half. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so I wrote another song uh, that my wife and I, um, you know, equating sports and growing up and that rush and that urgency and that, you know, that communal sense that you don't want to let people down that I was talking about before equating that to where I'm at right now musically but then also at home you know there's a lot of times how many times you wake up to a stadium full of kids that are just piling on top of you and you're like all right I'm well, in the they game. were all just right yeah. out here in the atrium yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we heard them all. and at 6 a.m of all of all things well, that's right, right in the morning yeah, yeah. Fighting yep. over who gets a TV first, uh, what day is it, who's, you know, TV time is it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're kind of the quarterback of your own life in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, so I, I sat down and wrote, started jotting the song called Home Team and uh, took it, you know, to my publisher. And it was one that they really liked. And uh, I, I had the, uh, the ability to perform it at a stage in Nashville called The Listening Room. And it's like one of these iconic venues where you can hear a pin drop in that place. But, you know, they'd recently just had Morgan Wallen and, you know, Mike Hardy, you know, play there. And so it's this revered spot. And, um, you know, it's one of those songs I sort of tested out there before I was going to record it and, uh, you know, had a, a pretty similar reaction to it. So it's kind of equating, you know, like all the things we know as former athletes growing up and relationships and like the stress of being in the game and that being in the moment trying to translate that into what it's like being at home and changing diapers and having two kids <laughs> screaming, but you, you can't be off. Like That's you have to be on your game. You got to be ready for it. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and I'm not um, talking about just being married. It's, it, it, kids too had, had uh, the kids. In oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, so that's, uh, that's another one that is in that similar vein of, of free fall and that's called home team. But, um, if you'd like, I could give that one a shot too. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Live you on know, Damage I think Radio. It'd be yeah. great, especially because it sounds like it's very uplifting and it'd be a nice way to kind of, as we're rolling toward the top of the hour, yeah. it's a nice way to kind of wrap things up, I think. Yeah. That would be my pleasure. Um, all right. Friday nights look a little different these days There ain't no marching band crowd cheering on that diaper change 
But when that game was on the line, I swear I could step up to make a play. Now in this house, I feel I can do the same. Where off from Port Swing is a new sideline, and your big blue eyes are the stadium lights. Guiding our new family to victory And I could see little quarterbacks Dropping back to pass through a tire On that old oak tree Just you and me raising up our little home team And I used to do it for the glory And the local headline fame But now the back of that little jersey as my hand-me-down last name I'll coach him up I'll make him tough And tell him, boy, it's just a game The way the man that raised me would say Where off from Port Swing Is a 50-yard line And your big blue eyes Are the stadium lights Guiding our new family to victory and I could see little quarterbacks dropping back to pass through a tire on that old old tree. Just you and me raising up our little home team, our little home team. Yeah, and everybody out here knows how these roots will one day grow and our love will always remain undefeated. When our days are hard and the nights are long, when our backs are up against the wall, I'll be the one you can always believe in. We're off from Port Swing, we'll get better with time Your big blue eyes won't lose their shine They'll guide this new family for all the world to see And those little quarterbacks dropping back to pass We'll have everything they need Just you and me raising up our little home team Raising up our little home team. Yeah. I think the Thanks. line everybody's going to connect with is there's nobody cheering for a diaper change. I'll <laughs> yes. tell you, Matt, you, yes. you locked in on that one. It's, that is the truth, my friend. Yeah. I love the commercial when, um, you know, when that does happen. Like, I need to go here, I need to go here. And they know one wants to change a diaper. Like one of those type of things, you know, it's no, like, that was oh, great. Yeah. And you could tell it's inspired. I mean, yeah. something obviously, but I think anybody, it's a parent can relate to that. Really beautiful. That's yeah. a great song. That's Thanks, awesome, man. man. No, I appreciate that. Definitely. Now, how about balancing? You guys, at least favorite was, you know, not being all there all the time for your family. How, how is it balancing your social life? Family life and work life. Have you ever figured out that bound? No. <laughs> I know. None of us have really. So. I don't think I ever will, man. That's hard. Yeah. That's, you know what? I, I've come to kind of accept that as just the beauty of the all the hard work and all the things that, that I've done and that our band has done and that my, you know, my wife has put into our family. It, we try to be as prepared and calculated about our time as, as we can. Obviously, it doesn't always work out right. that way. Um, but uh, I just, I really... I can't, for any minute of any th of those things that I'm doing, I can't look at any of those minutes and say, man, I, you know, I wish I wasn't doing this or, you know, I, 
I can't take any of this for granted because we just came through a really weird period where we didn't have any of this going on. So any minute that I get to spend doing what I love and being productive doing it is, you know, is time well spent. Uh, Do you have any uh, friendly radio friendly uh, uh, road stories you can share? Oh man. Radio friendly road stories. Um, I'm sure there's a couple. I don't know how radio friendly they are. <laughs> nice. uh, <laughs> you can call, you can teeter that line as my main man, Danny Cage, would always say. You know, um, I mean, you know, it's always the uh, you're driving several hours to a gig, and you know, it's always like the last minute scramble to see what you forgot, and right. it's always you know, or a right flat tire or anything, right? Yeah, any of those things, man. Late, you know, late travel. Um, gosh, I'm. I'm blanking on any one like really good road story. If something hits me in the next few minutes here, I'll definitely I'll, awesome. I'll come back to it. Now, um, I know in, uh, you're going to be in Nashville on the 27th. Then on um, the 5th, you're going to be in Stellarsville. Talk about some upcoming events and where people can come watch you live. Yeah, man. Um, you know, we do uh, still some stuff here in Bucks County uh, for sure. You know, the the Horse Tavern, I think, is up You know, next. I'm doing that solo. Uh, we were just in Sea Isle, New Jersey at uh, what was the old La Costa, uh, the Ludlam Hotel. Um but this, uh, this festival at Warwick Farm Brewing on August 20th is going to be special. Um, it's the first time they've done anything to this, you know, of this magnitude. It's the first time really anyone in Bucks County has done something, you know, uh, of this effect. But we have the full band there. There's four or five other acts. It's going to be all day. They got a huge SL100 stage that... Uh, comes in on a trailer you know mike lightcap is doing our sound for the day and um so i'm looking very forward to that and then you know here and there i'm finishing an album that comes out in october so back and forth between nashville and then you know getting to uh open and share the stage with dylan scott you know this fall so there's a lot of good stuff coming up for us for sure so where can everybody go to find all these dates what's the website all the socials yeah just mattfriedmanmusic.com uh you know our entire lineup is there um if you ask alexa to play matt friedman uh, if she's kind nice. enough she might oblige if you have a good relationship with her and um she's a but, fan yeah she's always a fan always always oh my gosh um but yeah spotify apple music uh you know the website instagram is always a good place to follow along so definitely you yeah. have a song to play us out oh man um how much time we got five minutes far out man um let's do uh i'll do one more chris stapleton song now that you changed all the tuning on your guitar for <laughs> yeah. that last one yeah. I, throw you. I was trying to think of what's in the same tuning so you're right um yeah let's do uh this is a song that that i love playing uh it's called whiskey and you it's by chris stapleton i love this song by your ring and it's empty and right now I don't feel a thing and I'll be hurting when I wake up on the floor and I'll be over it by noon what's the difference between whiskey and you 
I could walk in any store, it ain't a problem They could always sell me more Your forgiveness That's something I can't buy Or anything that I can do What's the difference between whiskey and you? One's a devil One keeps driving me insane At times I wonder They ain't both the same One's a liar Helps to hide me from my pain And one's a long gone bit of truth What's the difference Between whiskey and you One's a devil One keeps driving me insane At times I wonder They ain't both the same One's a liar Helps to hide me from my pain And one's a long gone bit of truth What's the difference Between whiskey and you Oh, what's the difference between whiskey and you? Thank you so much for coming up, man. You're welcome here anytime you like. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate and, it. Yep. Thanks for sharing so much music with us. Yeah, man. that was fantastic. Thank you for having me, guys. I really yep. appreciate it. I'm right down the street, so uh, let's do this again sometime. It's definitely, man. And remember, damage fans, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MonkerRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Yeah!